goes on to tell the parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went out to look for fruit on it, but he didn't find any. So he says to the man who took the vineyard, who took care of the vineyard, for three years I've been coming, looking to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should I use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. I'll dig around it, fertilize it. it bears, if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then I'll cut it down. As I said earlier, this parable is filled, filled with symbolisms. There are three people that's discussed in this text. The vineyard owner is God, God the Father. He is the one who created the vineyard. The scripture says that the owner of the vineyard went looking for figs in his tree. He had an expectation of finding fruit on it. The tree was in full bloom. Figs were expected to be on the tree. This tree had been well fed, watered for three years, but no figs. The other person in this parable is the gardener, the one caring for the tree, daily looking after it, watering it, checking on it. He's been fertilizing it to bring it to a place where it would bear fruit. And that person is Jesus. So we have the vineyard, we have the vineyard owner, and we have the vineyard keeper. We have God who's the vineyard owner, and we have Jesus Christ who's the vineyard keeper. The fig tree is symbolic of two things. It represents two groups of people. One, the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, and the other person the tree represents is you and I. Now the stage has been set. The owner wants to know why there is no fruit after three years. In other words, we have been taking care of you for a long time. You've been cared for, and yet you haven't produced one fig. And that's what Israel, that's what he's saying about Israel. God gave them a promise, one promise after another of his love for them. He used the lives of prophets to, to speak to them. They were blessed and highly favored. They, a, they had a covenant with God that was promised through Abraham. They had a history of the prophets of what God had done for them. In fact, in the book of Joshua, it talks about the 12 tribes of Israel, that they had to collect 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan River. And the stones were left there as a reminder of how God had blessed them and brought them to the promised land. And they said, when the next generation asks you why are these stones there, he says, you're to, the older people were to tell them the Lord allowed Israel to cross the Jordan on dry land. 
that were to tell them how, God, how good God had been to them. They had a commission to make God's ways known throughout the earth. They were commissioned to bring forth fruits in keeping with repentance. Instead, they departed from the true faith. They chased after other gods. Instead of seeking God's righteousness, they chose their own system. You see, the figs is a barometer to determine the health of the tree. The owner had the tree planted, not for shade, not just for the occupied space. The owner planted the tree because he wanted figs. He was looking for fruit. And the tree had every reason to bear figs. How many privileges, it was a privileged tree. You see, it had every reason to bear figs. How many privileges has God given us that we're not living up to? This tree is about to face judgment. This tree was planted with privilege. It wasn't like all the other trees on the side of the road. This tree was planted with special, in a special location. It was planted in the best soil and, in, and close to the streams of water and it had great sunlight and the owner had provided a special caretaker just for it. And the caretaker's job was to remove the insects that would destroy the tree. This tree was protected and was getting the best care because the owner wanted figs, he wanted fruit. He puts a tremendous amount of care in this tree, not just one year, two years, three years. He's anticipating for the day will come when he would enjoy some delicious figs. Instead, year after year, it's only been producing leaves. And the leaves are symbolic for excuses. We're good at making excuses. People can call all sorts of reasons. They can come up with all sorts of reasons as to why, a hundred reasons as to why they're not living for the Lord. And I'm sure some of you have heard some of those reasons. I know I have. I've heard a lot of them. And some of them I've heard that says, I don't need to change. I'm a nice person. And some of them said, I can't answer God's call right now. I got too much going on. Maybe next year. And then you got people who say, uh, I know I'm not a Christian, but I ain't like them people in the church, those hypocrites in the church. And then you got people who say, uh, God is everywhere. I can go anywhere and worship God. I can go out in the woods and, and sit with the trees and worship God. You've heard those excuses. Then you have people who says, I know I need help. I, I, sometimes I say things I don't mean. I, I, I'm, I'm, I may talk hateful to my spouse, but at least I don't beat them up. I don't have time for church right now. I got family problems. We've heard the excuses. This morning I asked us, I asked myself, what is our excuse? What excuse are we using? Are we producing 
what God wants us to produce. How many privileges has God given us that we're not living up to? This tree is about to face judgment because the owner has said, I've been coming here year after year after year, and every year is another excuse. God's patience with this tree has just grown tired. So he says, cut it down. Cut the tree down. The owner saw this tree as useless. When something is useless, it will invite disaster. Uselessness often will follow with destruction. I read this story once, this was some time ago, where this man had, um, had climbed into uh, a building in the air conditioning unit. And he got stuck in the air conditioning unit and he died in the air conditioning unit because he was trying to break into a store. But the store had closed for several months, unbeknownst to the man, and said the only reason, the investigation says that the store had been closed, but evidently he didn't know it. And the sad part about all of this, he had been missing for months, been missing for months, but no one knew he was missing. And the only reason he was found was because the building needed roof work and the workers found him. So we ask, how do you live in a way that you're missing, yet no one misses you? How are we living our lives? I use that example because I'm not talking about, even though I used the example of the dead man, I'm not talking about physically dead because there's a lot of people that's alive and yet they're dead. Nothing, they do nothing, they add nothing to life and they take nothing from life. There's so many people that have gifts and talents and they don't even use them. They live purposeless and useless lives. And you could say that they're walking, yes, they're walking, but they are walking dead. You see, the owner of the vineyard sent his son to care for this tree. But the tree did not respond to its care and love it had been given. The tree represents our behavior, the way we respond to God. See, we're just like the tree. God is saying, don't do that. Don't behave that way. And what do we do? We ignore God. We pretend that he's not even talking. We're just like the tree. God tells us to go right, and guess what? We go left. We're just like the tree. God says, go befriend your neighbor. Go talk to them. Instead, we pretend we don't even see them and we don't even speak to them. We're so busy taking selfies that we don't see anybody else. We're just like the tree. 
we continue in our own mess, regardless of how many people God sends and says, look, you're going in the wrong direction. You're going in the wrong direction. Turn around. Stop. Going in the wrong direction. They just, we just keep going. Because we have our own, our own desires. You can't steal from your boss's company and pretend like the stuff is yours. You can't do that. We got to live a different type of life. We got to walk and talk different. We got to live different. Amen? What's wrong with this tree? It has leaves on it. It's providing shade. It's providing shade from the sun. Isn't that enough? Isn't that enough that the, shade, the tree is providing shade for the sun? God says, no, that's not enough. What's wrong with the tree? Maybe the tree has developed some type of disease. Maybe it's not getting the nutrients that it needs. No, that's not the problem with the tree. The tree has a special caregiver that's just for it. What's wrong with this tree? Why cut it down? Because it's not living up to the potential God the owner created it to live up to. God created us with a purpose to bear fruit. He has expectations for us and his expectation for us is to live productively for him. So often we think that what we're doing is enough. But I want to tell you this morning, just as this message is speaking to me, God is speaking to all of us. He says, God will, God will bring to us, bring our deeds into judgment. Everything we do in the, light, in the hidden and everything we do in the light, God is going to bring it to judgment. It can be good or it can be evil. God is going to bring it into judgment. And as much as we rebel against God. I'm telling you something. God gets tired of us. He does. He gets tired of our behavior. But on the other hand, he doesn't want us to die in our sins. Amen? God does not want us to die in our sins. So in the midst of this mess, there is good news. The owner of the garden has put his son in charge of the care of it. That's the good news. Even though God has declared a dark judgment on this fruitless tree, there is something unexpected that happens. His son begins to intercede on behalf of the tree. Lord, have mercy. In this parable, Grace steps in and says, he might deserve it, but don't cut the tree down. Let the tree live. Grace says, let me work with this tree just a little while longer. I'll dig around it. I'll fertilize it. Give the tree another year. Give the tree some more time. Give us more time. You see, but for the grace of God, but for God's grace, I am what I am. But for God's grace, we, his grace toward us has not been in vain. 
Amen? You see, this tree is all of us. It's all of us. At some time in all of our lives, we have been unproductive. We have lived godless lives. And that God could have said at any time, cut us down. But grace stepped in and said, give them one more year. It's not because we're so wonderful. It's not because we're so good. It's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus that we're experiencing a grace that we don't deserve. Don't cut it down. Don't cut the tree down. Don't cut it down. Give it one more year. You know, when Jesus tells his parable, it looks like the tree is going to survive. That we can all cheer for the tree. But I can't tell you that the tree produced fruits in keeping with repentance. I can't tell you that. See, remember, we're that tree. We're that tree. And we got to write our own chapters. Will we be the tree that does have nothing but leaves? Thinking we're created just for shade? Or will we produce fruit? What type of life am I going to live? Or what type of life have I lived? And the scripture says that one day God is going to call us from mortal to immortality. And how will we know if we have produced the fruit God is looking for? We'll know because he has a name that he's going to call us. He won't call us teacher. He won't call us prophet. He won't call us preacher. And he's not going to call us doctor. He's going to call us servants. He says, he's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. Enter your rest. See, we have a savior. We have a mediator. We have a Jesus who's willing to stand in the gap on our behalf so that we can survive. And Jesus says, hey, I'm on your side. I'm here. I'm not going to cut you down. I'm not going to cut you down. Let me just work with you just a little while longer. I'm going to give you another year. Give me more time with you. Jesus says, I'm willing to stand in the gap to keep us from facing the dark judgment. God will declare judgment on each individual. And that's why he's saying, if you will allow me, I'll be your savior. I'm here to help you survive. Don't cut it down. Don't cut it down. Give the tree more time. How do we live productively unto God? How do we do that? By continually to press in toward the mark of a higher calling in Christ Jesus. Every day. Every day. Be kind to those who are not kind to you. The Bible says to pray for our enemies. So often we get, want to take revenge. We see people, they do things to us. We want to get revenge on them. We pray for them, but we don't pray the best. We don't pray the best for them. We don't say, God bless them. We say, God get them. 
God wants our hearts in every capacity. We got to be, be, be more forgiving. Be willing to admit when we're wrong. Say, Lord, I shouldn't have done that. Now everybody got rights. You know, you, you, you pull in front of somebody, they think they've, you've, you've, you've invaded their rights. If they're not giving you the finger, they're chasing you with their cars. Everybody wants to be somebody. Everybody's on the internet telling, telling all their business. God is saying, look, come unto me. Come unto me. I'm here. I can help you. You ain't got a thousand friends on the internet. I'm your friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. All of our sins and griefs to bear. Thank you, Lord. I want the praise team to come up because I'm getting ready to wrap this up. You know, so often we, we think God is just a religious experience. So often we think that if I just come to church, that's enough. But I want to tell you this morning, it's not. It's not. I'm reminded of a story by the name of a, of a prophet named of Jonah. And many of you probably know that story. Jonah was a prophet that God called him. And guess what he did? He ran the other way. God had an assignment for him. And he had to put him in, capture him before he could get him to do the assignment. That shouldn't be, I hope that's not going to be our experience. Anyway, when God released him, he told Jonah, he said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. I want you to go to Nineveh. And I want you to tell the people that they have 40 days. They got 40 days before they're going to be destroyed. The, the city and the people are going to be destroyed. Go tell them. Jonah told them, preached one end for, to the, uh, the city to the next. Guess what the people did? The king and all the people, they heard the word of the Lord and they repented. God heard their prayers and spared the city. Nineveh heard the word of the Lord and repented. That could be us. We're never too far gone and we never get too mature that God can't speak to us and draw us back to him. God loves us. He desires to have a relationship with us that we, we haven't even begun to touch into. I'm so glad this morning that the vineyard keeper and the vineyard owner didn't give up on me. You see, a few weeks ago, I was in the grocery store and I was squeezing fruit to determine which one I was going to buy. You've done that. And this woman comes up behind me and she's determined that I'm in her way. So she bumps my cart, bumps my cart as if get out the way, get out the way. And I said to her, ma'am, can't you go around me? 
And she said, no. Now, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. <laughs> and I was going to give her some words. I had some words for her. I was going to lay down my legend, and I was going to light her up. <laughs> I was planning to give her some verbal words that she would never forget. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit put a check in my spirit. And I had to close my mouth and walk away. I'm telling you, we all have times and situations where we have to say, Lord, don't cut me down. Give me another chance. Don't cut me down. Give me another chance. You see, our priority is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Not one of us was created to be a fruitless tree. We're not here just to live and die. God has a call on all of our lives. And this morning, you may feel like, okay, I'm, I just feel like I'm just fruitless. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. God can change you. God is not looking for leaves. If you're saying, I don't have time for all this Jesus stuff, Jesus is saying today, if you hear my voice, don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. He's saying, if you're saying this morning, just let me think about it. You know, let me think about all this salvation, this Jesus stuff. I'm not talking just to the people in here. I'm talking to the people online. I don't know about all this Jesus stuff. God is saying, come unto me. Come unto me. If you're saying, Lord, uh, I, I, I'm going to come to you, but let me clean up my life first. God is saying, that's my job. You can't do it. Come unto me. We don't have to be fruitless trees, just bearing leaves. Today is the day of salvation. We have a Savior that's saying, I'm not going to cut you down. I'm here to intervene in your life so you won't face a dark judgment. Jesus is saying, come unto me. Come unto me. And many of us have already accepted Jesus. But I want to say sometimes we get caught up in mess. We get caught up in habits, things that we don't even want to be a part of. And we're struggling. Jesus is saying, come unto me. Come unto me. You know, we want you to come to the altar. Because when you come to the altar, it's a step of faith. It's a way of stepping out, saying, I want to step out of my mess and step into the God's kingdom. So you can come to the altar. You can make an altar where you are, but that's why we tell you to come to the altar. Today is your day. Today is your day. You can have your exodus today. You can come out of it today. If you're one who's been bothered with depression and burdened with a lot of mess or just Family issues. Every time you turn around, there's drama in the family. 
If you're one of those people that's just been burdened down with that, I want to tell you the altar is here. It's here. If you have health issues and you want prayer, the altar is here. Larry's going to come up. Today is a day of exodus. Today is a day of coming out. Amen? Will you all stand, please?